Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. G'day everyone, Lauren Kress, the business scientist here. Happy Monday. So today we're going to do our second part of the four-part Ikigai series that we started a couple of weeks back. So first off, we're just going to start off with our acknowledgement of country. So I'd like to take a moment in the spirit of reconciliation to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working on the land today the land that always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So I've been thinking about a bunch of stuff over the last week and I'm really excited about today's episode. I'm really excited to talk to you about what is it that we love? How do we identify that and have that conversation with you? And I'm referring to this as a conversation deliberately because I don't have all the answers to these questions. I'm just asking the questions. Uh, So something that I've been learning about in the counselling course that I'm doing um, is about the person-centred approach. And it's also something that, you know, we learned about in psychology. It's something that uh, last week, if you remember, I was talking about Carl Rogers, like that's kind of part of his approach, um, you know, so sort of like the founder of modern day psychotherapy and psychotherapy and counseling are kind of different, but very similar as well. So I've been learning about that. Um, and also in the work that I'm doing, uh, with people strength, who I've mentioned a few times, uh, we talk about this as well. So this idea of like these conversations that we're having on this podcast, it's, it's not about me kind of going, you need to do this, this, and this, and this. If we're talking marketing strategy and we're talking tactics, then I'll be like, here's what I found has worked and here's some experiments you can run and try out and and see how you go. But when it comes to stuff like what does it mean to say what do you love? Like this is more about me going, how do I ask you questions that would be helpful and then also share things that I've gone through or that I've thought about that has helped me get to my answer for this, which is by no means the only answer or the right answer, which you guys know, I mean, but just in case. Um, so I'm, I've been learning heaps and I've kind of been diving back into my counselling course again, which I'm really excited about. And I was thinking about, you know, I guess, some of the stuff I was talking about last week in relation to self-actualization and I was thinking about, you know, I talked about it from the perspective of bisexuality and marriage and some of the particular things that I've found um, in, in terms of my story, my journey. But I had this thought today and I was like, you know, I feel like in one way or another we're all trapped in the closet, so to speak. You know, it might not be to do with our sexual orientation, but this idea of being in some way hiding a part of ourselves in order to fit in, you know, and that was so much about what that last episode was about as well. And I've been thinking about 
that this week, and some of you might have seen, like I've changed the podcast artwork. I've changed kind of like the tagline for the show as well. Um, so sort of making it more about this idea of being purpose-driven is about stepping into your power. And I was thinking about that and I redid my homepage and my website and I also have been doing some other stuff with my membership site as well, my new membership site, which I will plug every week. (laughs) Sorry, guys, you're just going to have to get used to that. Um, But there's a lot of free stuff on it, so it's not like I'm plugging it um, purely for uh, profit. (laughs) Uh, Actually, at the moment, mainly the stuff on there is for free stuff. But um, as I've kind of been going through my content a little bit more and trying to get a bit clearer on what this shift from grow your brand to purpose-driven was about for me and why it was so important, I was thinking about the fact that we get there's these two primary sort of I'm thinking of the word like pushes almost like drivers probably is is the right word um, that that are really unhelpful in our life when it comes to the area that we talk about a lot on this show. So we talk about career and we talk about marketing a lot on this show and I was thinking about these two sort of areas that I've spent a lot of time in over the last couple of, uh, well, the last decade, but um, not the last couple of decades. I'm not old enough to (laughs) have been uh, experiencing it for that long. But over the last decade, I spent a lot of time thinking about strategy and marketing and I've spent a lot of time with, and as a business owner, I've also spent a lot of time thinking about how do we create workplaces that people want to belong to? How do we create workplaces that are inclusive and that are engaging and that are interesting? Uh, so there's these two kind of areas, you know, like I guess one is more from the marketing strategist perspective and one is more from the entrepreneur perspective. And I was just, I don't know, I just started writing, I, I Got in, I did a photo shoot with a mate of mine up here in Townsville, Matt, and he's awesome. And I got these new photos and I was looking at one of the photos and I was kind of in this contemplative pose and I just started writing. And sometimes I find that actually really helps me to write if I have a visual to write to. And all this stuff was going on in my head and I was thinking about, you know, what really has gotten under my skin over the last few years is the fact that so many businesses are operating in order to perpetuate this really toxic consumerist cycle. So this idea that you start a business and you sell something, it doesn't really matter what you sell as long as you market it in the right way so that people feel like they need it. You know, one thing that we do in marketing, and Suze Chadwick and I talked about this um, last season, season four, I think, Uh, We were talking about, you know, people buy identities, people buy transformations, people don't buy stuff for the sake of buying stuff. And the problem with that is as a marketer, we as good marketers, we can quote unquote good marketers in a capitalist system, we get rewarded regardless of whether we're selling something to someone that they actually need or we're just making them think they need it because it gets more money through the door. And then I was thinking about, so so also, not only does this 
perpetuate this toxic consumerism thing in society at large that we're all a part of. We're consumers as well as producers, right, because we work and then we consume. But the other thing as well is that we also have – so so th- there's this kind of story, right, we get told. If, if, if a marketer wants us to buy something, right, a marketeer's job is to – sort of influence our buying decision right sales same thing marketing and sales like I'm sort of talking about this in the sense of bringing bringing a product to a consumer to buy right um so not worrying about the operations just worrying about how do you compel someone to to purchase something right so that's going on and we're all kind of part of that in some way because there are a lot of things that we buy that we don't need or that we market that we don't need to market, right? And on the other side, so, so that, that messaging often, what works quite well in marketing can be this sense of like showing people that they're missing out. You're missing out on being your best version of yourself because you don't have the latest shaving razor. You're missing out on interacting with people at a whole new level because you're not on this dating site or you're not on this social media app you know this idea that you're not good enough you're not pretty enough you're not you're not enough the way you are which is why you need this product right that is that is part of how marketing works not all marketing is absolutely ethical marketing and there's absolutely products that a life-changing and transformation in a really positive way. But not all things need to be created and consumed. Like the fast fashion industry is a really, really good example of that. Like I know I'm just saying the industry. I'm not saying fashion. I'm not saying clothing. We need those things. I'm saying fast fashion where you make something that can only be worn three times and then it essentially just goes to landfill. On the other side as well, though, right, we're also, like I was saying, we're producers as well, as in we go to work and we do a job and we are part of a system that makes stuff. And I was thinking about often in that kind of context, we're being told that we're too much, that we're too loud, that we're speaking up too much, that we're too... You know, we're not a team player um, because we're, we've got too many ideas. We're too big. We're too we, – we get told that we're not fitting into the culture of the workplace that we're part of. Not all workplaces, again, but a lot of workplaces. You hear from your boss when you're doing something wrong, when you've done something that's too much. And so I was thinking about – both of these things together and I was like thinking about the self-actualization stuff I was speaking about last week and I was like yeah like essentially so many businesses and so many marketers and so many people are operating within this system and we're not necessarily meaning to perpetuate this right because because I think the thing is is we all know that this isn't sustainable like we all know that like this more, more, more thing, like produce, 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 grow, 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 isn't sustainable and it's killing us and it's killing our planet. But, and it's also not making us feel good, right? It's, it's, this whole system is kind of going, you're empty without this. 
you know. And I'm like, so I, this is what I kind of wrote my homepage about. I was like, I think like for people here that listen to this show, right, like for the last year I talked about how to grow your brand and I kind of want to bring that into like, well, yeah, grow your brand, but how do you also be part of the solution, not part of the problem? Because I think like I'm, I believe in humanity. I think most people are doing the best they can, right? I don't think people like it's a very, very small amount of people who are kind of like actively trying to make things bad for themselves and others, like consciously. That's, that's like a 1% minority, right? Most people do truly believe in making the world a better place and playing their part in that and also being able to enjoy their own lives. But the problem is, is we've been like pushed and pulled by all these systems that have told us like you're not enough and you're too much and you need to shut up but you also need to speak up and you also need to go and buy this thing but you also need to work harder and spend less time doing the things that are meaningful which will make you feel like you need to buy stuff more and I think COVID got us to rethink a lot of that stuff. COVID got us to think like what actually really needs to happen in the 2020s? What is essential for humanity? What, what, what work matters and how do I be a part of that? And so this show and where I'm getting a lot of clarity now is kind of going, this show is about helping all of us, including myself, have more of these discussions. And I'm like, what I stopped getting new guests on for a while because I really wanted to get that clear to go, these are the kinds of people I want to be talking. I want to be talking to people who are doing this. I want to be talking and interviewing people who are like, this is how you go and take all of this stuff and you make it helpful for humanity. And this is how you escape the problems of the workplace. Because the other thing is, is like, this isn't necessarily about a mass exodus from uh, corporate institutions, right? But I think the corporate institutions have to dramatically change and some corporate institutions don't need to exist at all. And I think really it comes from us as individuals working together to go, I need to speak up because this isn't okay. Like we get told not to challenge our managers or our bosses. We get told not to challenge ideas that we think are not right or unethical. We, we, you know, these things happen around us all the time and it's like don't speak up because like then I'm not a team player. Um, so I just have been – there's so many connections between these two things and I'm like as leaders, as entrepreneurs, as innovators, as marketers, wherever – whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're – haven't you've never started a business, you're in the process of starting your 10th business, you are dipping your toe in the water with trying something on the side, you've got a project that you're passionate – it doesn't – matter or you're you know you've been established in a business for a long time we all need to be thinking about okay what how do I become part of the solution the stories that I tell myself and the stories that I'm telling other people is this actually going to make the world a better place is this going to make this person's life better is this going to make my life better or am I part of the problem and I think so many of us don't realize that we're actually part of the problem, myself included. I know that I've got so many blind spots here 
And by having these conversations and asking these questions and talking about this, I want this to be a small corner of the podcasting world that is bringing some of this stuff to light. And what I'm really excited to see is that more and more podcasters are doing this as well. And it was something that I felt like was going to happen because of COVID. Um, And I think because we've had this pause, it's really given us time to think, well, yeah, like what are the 2020s going to be about? Because the next 10 years are going to have a massive impact on humanity for the next 50 and 100 years like the next 10 years is kind of like not even 10 we don't even really have 10 years it's like five to seven years but we've got a short amount of time to make a really really big difference to the future of humanity and all of us have a really important role to play in solving those big problems that are out there so Today we're going to talk about what you love to do and then next week we're going to talk about what the world needs. So in the uh, next week, well, maybe the next part, I don't know if it'll be like next week, but the next part will be about what the world needs. So in the first part we talked about what you're good at, right? Now we talked about this from the perspective of first thinking about your history, like what up until now informs you understanding what you're good at. Then we talked about what's going on for you right now that's telling you what you're good at, where your strengths are, when you're in flow. And then we talked about where do you want to go, what strengths do you want to build, what can you leverage. And I want to follow a similar structure for exploring what do I love, right? And it's not even what do I love to do. I think it's bigger than that. It's more like what do I love? So... I want to think about the differences between what are, what are you good at and what do you love? Like firstly, like what does that mean? Like why are those things two different things? And there will be a crossover between these two, right? Um, and where that crossover is in terms of the Ikigai model is where your passion is. So what you're good at and what you love. So But we're not going to think about what you're good at just yet. We're going to focus on brainstorming, okay, what is it that I love? And then we're going to look at where those crossovers are. So it's really worthwhile if you can, like get a piece of paper out and jot this stuff down, whether it's like now or afterwards. Um, I do have an Ikigai um, worksheet that I put together so I can put the, I'll put the link to that in the uh, show notes as well. But let's first think about, okay, what gets you what what when when you think back to your childhood what did you get super excited about like what was it that you kind of went oh i'm i can't wait to go do this or where did you know where was it that you were like what were you doing when your parents had to kind of like grab you and kind of go, or your guardians had to come and grab you and kind of go, all right, like, come on, we're going to go do this thing now. Like you had to be dragged away from what it was that you were doing. You know, where did you kind of lose yourself? Uh, so for me, I actually find like this question, what I love quite challenging because there's 
so many things that I love and that I enjoy. Uh, But I think one thing that I have done since I was really little, and I might have even spoken about this on the first part of the episode, I'm trying to remember, was um, I started writing when I was really little and I started reading when I was really little. So I I think I read my first novel when I was four. I used to read like the Enid Blyden uh, little novels um, and I would get so lost in them that, you know, I had to kind of be, <laughs> you know, Lauren, dinner's ready kind of like five or six times. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, not all books. It had to be like the right kind of book. Some books I didn't enjoy the same way. And I also loved going because computers were a new thing when I was little. So I think we got our first like Macintosh computer that was like ginormous when I was maybe six, I think, five or six. And I started like, so first I I had already been writing stories. I had this exercise book that I wrote stories in. And then um, first I learned how to use a typewriter to type up the stories. And then I learned how to use a computer to type up stories. And that was really, really exciting for me. And I love doing that. I also actually love learning how to type (laughs) Um, when I was little. And I loved hanging out with my cousins. That was also something I really, really enjoyed where, you know, we'd be in the pool for hours and I just was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, get out. I don't want to get out of the pool. I loved going to the beach. I loved, um, always loved water um, from the time I can kind of remember And, yeah, when I think about the things that I got lost in where I was just like, you know, um, completely kind of, you know, enchanted by something, it was often when I was um, planning, organising, arranging, um, making things ordered. So I remember... (laughs) When I was, oh, I think I was maybe eight, nine, ten, ten, around that age. And we had uh, two bathrooms and the bathroom, under the bathroom sink and in the drawers, it was just chaos. It was so messy and disorganized. And I spent like my Saturday or Sunday, like I think I got up early to do it because I knew like, my mom would be surprised if I did this, but I like went and organized everything. Like this is where all the shampoo bottles go. They have to all go together. Like this is where the hairdryer goes. And I like organized it and I even got like little boxes to put things in. So it was like neater. And I was a kid. No one asked me to do this. I just did this. Cause like, and when I say something like that, I know there'd be people listening to this going, that's, I would hate that. I would hate to do that, right? But don't worry because there's people like me who have loved to do that since I was a little kid. (laughs) So, you know, there's – I think that's a really interesting thing to think about is like not what everyone – Buy one, get one half off traditional Wing Tuesdays at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wing Tuesdays is the best day of my life every Tuesday. What about graduating valedictorian or the first day of your new job? I mean, those are all great, but they just weren't on a Wing Tuesday. Buy one, get one half off traditional wings every Tuesday only at Buffalo Wild Wings. To the greatest of all times. 
Buy one, get one of equal value, 50% off traditional wings on Tuesdays at participating locations. Not valid with other offers. Size exclusions may apply, while supplies last. Limit one. Delivery and takeout available at participating locations through Buffalo Wild Wings app or website. Fees, including service fees, may apply. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. Uh has told you that you should love. I think we, we've we got gotten told a lot, you know, especially if we're good at something, you know, you'll get teachers or parents who are like, oh, you must really love maths because you're really good at it. And it's like, no, I don't love maths. I just happen to be okay at it, right? But I don't love it. Um, so when I think back for me and, you know, in the last part one episode, I kind of mentioned, you know, maths and English, I was pretty good at uh, both and science as well but English I actually love to do so English and I even when I was studying like for my HSC I, I made like I loved making notes for English I loved going through I would read the books like twice because I'd read it myself and then the teacher would go through it unless it was a book I really didn't like and I'd highlight everything and I'd make all these like sticky notes and then I'd organize all of my notes and I'd think up essay questions and then I'd and I, I actually loved doing that. I loved organizing information like that. <laughs> so um, I think it's, yeah, it's interesting to, to think about how those things start to cross over. So, yeah, math and science I was good at, but English I was like, I actually love making, I love bringing ideas together and I like making stuff out of the ideas, you know, um, and I like writing and I like I, and I wasn't always good at writing, but um, I, I loved writing. So I loved write, writing a creative story, even if I didn't write a very good one. I loved writing poetry, even if I didn't know how to do it. I still loved it. Um, so, yeah, that, I think thinking back to like where did you have like not only was it like hard to leave or you really looked forward to it, but maybe also like when were you in flow what brought you a lot of peace, you know? So were there things where you were kind of like, oh, whenever I was at this spot, I just felt so peaceful, you know? Um, and also like where you got positive feelings, you know? And again, like I'm not talking about positive regards. So last week I mentioned when we were talking about self-actualization, there's all this, this, this need for positive regard and it's kind of related to what I started off talking about on the show before as well which is you know where we want people to like us so it's like oh I should buy a new car because people will be impressed by that oh I should buy a new outfit because people are more likely to like me if I've got a new outfit that's what we're led to believe right uh, and at the same time oh I don't want to step out of line because I don't want to upset my boss because I want this positive regard and we can think ourselves into I love this because I get positive reinforcement for doing this particular thing but it doesn't mean that you necessarily love it and also culturally you know what have you been told that you love uh, it's actually interesting because I think that's part of 
for me where my identity has been sort of like it's been confusing for me even with my sexual orientation because it's like I've been told that I love men. I've been told that I'm attracted to men, like from the outside, right? And I'm like, yeah, I am attracted to men, but it's also been reinforced and not for women, right? So it's like that's been something that I had to like kind of, you know, be aware of and then kind of deal with the potential conflict of those things, Um this isn't this whole podcast isn't about being bisexual, by the way, but it just relates to a lot of things for me. So like for me, I'm kind of like, oh, I love women. I'm really attracted to women. But I had to find that within myself because from a societal standpoint, one, I had kind of been told like, well, it's this or that. You can't love both. And culturally, I've been told I'll be accepted. Culturally, you know, religion-wise, all that kind of stuff, I'll be accepted if I love men only. So, and I think this is, like I said, there's so many ways that we end up trapped in the closet. Are there things that you really love that you don't express because you haven't been told that you love them? You haven't been given permission to love that particular thing. And What if you gave yourself permission to love that? And that's part of what I want this exercise to be about for all of us is like go beyond the ordinary, you know, like go beyond what the status quo of what you've been told is and isn't okay. Maybe there's something that's like really unique that you love that lots of people don't love to do, right, Um, or that you you enjoy spending your time doing something that a lot of people don't that that could actually be inspiring for a particular niche that could be inspiring for a particular a way that you represent your brand you know um so me saying I loved organizing shampoo bottles in like (laughs) the messy bathroom sink like under the bathroom sink when I was a kid like what that makes me think of is yeah like I'm a creative but I also like organizing stuff and that actually brings me a lot of clarity and I use that in the way that I work. So this doesn't have to just be going on this journey with thinking through these questions for your ikigai. It doesn't just have to be like it ends up with like, here's my dream job. Here's my dream career. Here's my dream business. It can also give you a bunch of other clues for how you want to spend your time outside of work. What brings you meaning and joy and maybe things that you want to do as a hobby, maybe things that you want to do as like a side project that just makes a bit of income or it doesn't have to make income at all, right? Um, So I think that's the beauty of this exercise is like go wide. Don't worry about go wide and go deep. Just be curious, you know. And also if there's things you're like, I think I love this but I don't know, then just write it down. Like if you write it down on a piece of paper, it doesn't mean it's set in stone forever. Maybe that's something where you go, I'm going to experiment with this a little bit. I'm going to play with this a little bit. I think I might love this. Like for me, for instance, and this kind of brings us to like what's going on for you now, right? Like that section of the show. So for what's going on for you now, like for me, one thing I noticed is so when I can be more present in the moment, I, and I'm paying more attention to what's going on, I get more answers to these questions like so for this question what do I love so the other day I went for a swim and I was I 
I had swum my kilometer, so I, I try to swim a kilometer a day. I've been very bad in the last week. Um, and I'd finished my swim and I kind of was feeling pretty good and I kind of had that natural like high that you get after you exercise and I'd just gotten changed and I was walking outside and drying my, my hair and on the one of the benches of the swimming pool was this beautiful white moth and the and the blue of the bench and the white of the moth was just like so stunning and like no one else had kind of seen it like it kind of felt like a secret thing between me and the moth I was like no one's seen you except for me buddy and I'm gonna come and take a photo of you and anyway I so I was like went over to this moth and I took a photo and I took a couple of photos and I was like oh this moth is so beautiful but like I've got a iPhone like my iPhone camera is good but I don't have you know a macro lens I don't have something that allows me to take really up close photos that you could get all the detail of what this actually looks like um anyway so I I put it on Instagram just I never use Instagram but for this particular photo I put it on Instagram because I was like I I really like the colors I really like how this came out and I was like oh this is really interesting because it doesn't even matter what anyone thinks of this photo it doesn't really matter what people say like sure people liking a photo that would be nice but I'm like actually the thing that's bringing me a lot of joy right now is this interaction I'm having with this insect right and I'm really loving this moment like this is really meaningful to me this is it's like I've time slowed down and I'm really enjoying just sitting here and observing this beautiful white moth and it sounds like kind of funny saying it right but I'm like that actually got me really interested then because I had spent that much time thinking about it and feeling what I was feeling in that moment, paying attention to it, being present. I got home and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just buy a macro lens for my phone and have a bit more of a play, play around with this. And on the same day, actually, I'd also seen this amazing, like there's these little tiny bats up here in the tropics and they're, they're like butterfly size. And so I saw this, like, I thought it what was a butterfly. Just in, at dusk, I was kind of like walking home and I saw this butterfly thing. And I was like, that, wait, is that a butterfly? And I looked at the wing shape. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's a bat. And I'm looking at the color. I'm looking at the wing shape. And I'm trying to take a photo. I'm like, I can't take a photo of this because it's like, it's just too pixelated. I took it anyway just so I remembered that that happened. And I was like, I want more moments like this. So I'm like, now I'm waiting for this macro lens to come that I can put on my phone. I haven't gone out and bought like a, you know, proper camera because I'm like, my my phone's pretty good. And I'm like, I don't know how much I would like doing this, but I love looking at photos of insects. I find insects fascinating. And why not just do that for fun? It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about that. This is something that I love to do. Is it something I'm good at? No. Could it be something that I'm good at? Maybe. Um, Does that really matter? Not necessarily. You know, so I think it's like the reason I'm telling all whole story is just to say like give yourself permission to love new things too because I think a lot of us have been told to love things that serve the capitalist system that we're in, the capitalist system that is destroying our planet and I'm not – I'm not saying like any form of capitalism can't work, by the way. I'm just saying that like the current system doesn't work and there needs to be big changes. 
Um, and I'm not saying that any form of capitalism would work. I, I'm just trying to make it black up. Like I have my own political ideas, but also it's not an area I know a lot about. So but what I do know is that like this more, more, more consumerism thing is very toxic, right? Um, okay, hopefully that makes sense. And it also doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you think. So <laughs> um, there's some more things to think about. Okay, so we've talked about your history, what your history tells you, where, you know, it's just, I'm sort of talking about the same things I was saying with what you're good at where I'm like, yes, have a think about your history, but also remember that you may have been conditioned to believe certain things about what you're good at and what you love. Um the other thing, I guess, thinking about like now in, in your life in the present, like paying attention to those moments and where you lose yourself and things like that, there also might be things that you love to do once you're in it. And this is something I've noticed for myself is like I find it hard to, sometimes I find it hard to transition into doing something that I love. So for instance, right now, I really love doing this podcast. Like in the moment while I'm sitting here, I'm like, I love this. I I love that I do this every week. This is super exciting. But I also get like today is a public holiday in Queensland and I'm just about to start my work week and I was a little bit late with this show and there is a part of me that's like, oh, you could just skip it for a week, you know. And I think it's because I have to get into the mood to be doing a podcast. I have to like, you know, deal with the transition of like, okay, like before I was, you know, chilling out on the beach and now I've got to come and do a podcast, right? Uh, It doesn't mean that I don't love doing it, but just something I wanted to mention because some of the things on your list might be things that kind of fall into the category of once I'm doing this, I love it. Um, and I think also we can get like, for me, I get really fixated on things and then I find it hard to like pull myself away from what I've been fixated on. Uh, and I can get quite frustrated with that. So, uh, yeah, something to think about and some, a really good book I've mentioned a bunch of times, um, that's really helpful for understanding more about that transition is, uh, Atomic Habits. So for instance, like he talks about how it can be uh, James Clear, I think his name is. Um, talks about how you can essentially work your like you know say you want to say you want to exercise but like you hate going to the gym but you actually wouldn't mind going to the gym right like being at the gym is fine but the hard part of getting to the gym is get is getting ready to go to the gym so he talks about like you know, putting on your gym gear and going to the gym and just doing that, like not worrying about the actual workout, the actual transition of, okay, I've got to put my gym gear on, I've got to drive to the gym or walk to the gym or whatever, and I've got to be in the gym. And that can be the hard sort of aspect of it. Today, like with my counseling course, I was like, oh, I have to pull out my folder and I have to like find where I'm up to with my notes. And it literally takes like one minute. It's not a big deal. But that's often the thing that will stop me from doing something. The same with like my podcast. I have all my podcasting equipment like ready to go. So I literally just switch a button on and extend my microphone and I can start podcasting. Um, 
because if I had to if I had to pull out my podcast each week, like my podcasting recording equipment, I think I'd have a much harder time doing it, even though it only takes two minutes. So if you're in that sort of stage where you're like, I think I might like this, I think I love doing this. I'm not sure though. Maybe see if there's some barriers in the way from that standpoint. And also, as I've said a few times, highly recommend reading Atomic Habits for more tips like that because it's super, super useful. Okay. And then the third thing to think about is like, what, where do you want to develop these sort of areas of your life where you really look for, like, where do you want to, what, how do you build on it from here? Right. How do you build on, like, I talked about the insect thing before. Okay. I think I might like this. I'm going to just get a macro lens and say, see if I can take some cool photos. I'm just going to play with that. Right. Where do I want to go? Well, I don't know exactly what the goal is. I'm not like, oh, I want to be a world famous insect photographer. Like, I don't think. Um, <laughs> like, that's a, that feels like a pretty. I, I could be. I'm not saying I'm not going to give myself permission to strive for that. I just don't know if that's a goal for me. You know, um, and I think that's okay. So it's like. But there might be something in your list as you're kind of going through this that you go, oh, I would really love to do more of that. That This particular activity I would really love to actually be putting more time into and really, you know, maybe it's like I want to get better at it as well. You know, so, again, we talked about this with the what are you good at stuff. What do you want to get better at? What do you kind of want to explore more? How can you have more of those positive, meaningful experiences by doing more of what you love. Not at the point yet where we're worried about what the world needs and how to make money from it. We're just going to go through this bit by bit. So have a look at those two two lists. So if you've got the list of like, what am I good at? And you've got work through those kind of questions that we talked about that time in part one. And then you've got your list of like, what do I love to do? Are there crossovers? So for me, for instance, I've talked about, okay, I love, like there's a thing that you might have picked up on and I didn't deliberately do this, I'm realising this as I talk about it, is like content creation is a big part of what I love. Like I love making stuff and I talked about that with like from the time I was little I loved writing stories. Was I necessarily good at writing stories? No, that's fine. But where the crossover is is I'm like I'm actually really good at strategy. I'm really good at planning. I'm really good at organizing information. I don't like project management. I can do project management. I'm good at project management, but I don't love to do it. But there's aspects of it that then come into these where this, these two things cross over because I understand how to implement stuff and then I, that helps me understand how to be strategic and that also helps me understand how to be strategic with content creation. And then I just, I, you know, what I want to do is get better and better and better at that. And that excites me. I look forward to doing that. Um, which is why I have created my new membership hub, Lauren's Laboratory. If you go to laurenslaboratory.com, yes, guys, like not a, a complete plug for my for my membership hub right now. <laughs> um, you'll see what I've been up to. So you'll see how I've been putting content together, but so much of that has come from me figuring out that, oh, this is something I want to do. And again, like I'm like, I can see ways to monetize this, but I'm kind of like not full ball going ahead with that just yet. 
uh, because I'm also working and doing other things. But I'm like, this is where my passion is. So I'm going to play with this. I'm going to experiment with this. And where I think that can be helpful for, you know, what the world needs is what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. So I'm like, I really do think that I want to be part of the solution. And so I want to teach people how to be strategic in the way they run their business and the way they do marketing, but also make sure that it's actually, this is what's, this is the business I want to run. You know, I was talking about this on my YouTube channel as well in my YouTube welcome video. I've done like a little trailer of what my channel's about. And I'm like, my part of my journey, part of the thing that I, you know, sort of went through with starting a business was kind of like I built a business really quickly. I got a business partner and we built the business to six figures within three months because we had a couple of like really big solid clients. And that's like kind of the mark of success for a lot of people is like, you know, you can make money from a business and you can build a business. So, you know, that's great. But for me, I was sitting there going, yeah, but I don't know if this is what I want to do with my life. I don't know if this is what I actually want to do. And I I don't know how meaningful this is to me. And so then I had spent like a year and a half kind of unpacking that and you know, my uh, business partner and I split and then I had to go on this new journey to be like, what am I doing in my business? And I kind of want this show and what I do on my content to help people to not go down that path or to steer away from that path quickly and easily. Because the other thing was when I went through that split with my business partner, I started talking to a bunch of like entrepreneurs and business owners who were saying, oh, at least you did that after a year and a half. I did that for eight years. I like I didn't split with my business partner for eight years and we wanted completely different things out of the business and it caused all these problems. I've heard so many nightmare stories about, you know, founder splits and things like that. And I was like, oh, we should all be talking about this a bit more. <laughs> you know, we should be talking about have a good idea of what you want the business to do and also something that you're going to look forward to every day. I think that's the biggest thing. We've got one life. We all want to leave the world in a better state than when we arrived in it. And how do we how do we get joy from what we do and also walk away with the satisfaction of knowing I've done something that is meaningfully contributing to the world and to the lives of others. You know, um a lot of people feel disengaged at work and they feel like work is meaningless. And I think that's because so many workplaces can't give their employees that. So how do we be leaders? How, how can we be leaders that give that to ourselves and give that to our employees as well and not be part of that toxic consumer cycle that I was talking about before? So, oh, this has been a bit of a longer episode. We've gone 45 minutes, but um that's it from me for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope those questions were useful and the examples that I shared were useful as well. I'd love to hear about, you know, how you're going with your Ikigai. And like I said, I'll put um, the worksheet for you to download. It probably will go up a little bit later than when this, because I really want to get this podcast up. So if it's not there when you're listening just head over to laurenslaboratory.com that's where I'm going to put it and if you go to free stuff you'll find 
um, that worksheet up there very soon. But I will put the link in the show notes once it's up as well. Um, All right, guys. So until next time, remember that stepping into your power will make the world a better place. Talk to you soon. Not running your business on NetSuite is like trying to sink a putt with a cap pulled over your eyes. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system, giving you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, budgeting, and more all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. This summer, NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com go. netsuite.com go.